You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 138 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We are coming to you on September 3rd. This is Vince along with Roger. How are you doing today? Yeah, hello. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's in one of the anime I've been watching, and it's like it's stuck in my brain now. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, what, what are you t- <laughs> Watch the anime that I told you about, and then you'll see. Because one of the characters even says, oh, God, I hope this doesn't become a thing. And then all the others slowly start <laughs> saying it as well. So now it's stuck in my mind. It's always, yeah, hello. <laughs> okay. That's, that's all I know. That and arigato. <laughs> now I know that. <laughs> it's better than tapioca. That's true. All right. Well. When you asked me last week what we were reading for this week, I didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I know why like, you I, hid it from me, too. Let, let him figure it out on his own. <laughs> didn't want to ruin last week's episode. But uh, it, it's been a while since we talked about a whole lot to do with DC, at least not Batman-related. And Not of entirely course, true. We've been talking about Injustice. Yes, yes. I, Which I maintain is one of the best things right now at DC. Yes. <laughs> But I, Injustice doesn't really count. Same with like the Beyond stuff because it's not core DC. That's how I'm looking at it. Too bad. It's better DC is what yeah. it is. <laughs> the, that's what DC needs to be putting more yeah, of. Yeah, killing Green Arrow. That's what they need to be doing more of. <laughs> Sorry if I spoiled that for anybody. Well, it was spoiled in the game however many Whoever months ago. Whoever the hell plays the game. Like I said, I watched the YouTube of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, just last week, uh, DC wrapped up their big summer event in Trinity War. And that started in Justice League 22, ran through Justice League of America 6, Justice League Dark 22, Justice League of America 7, Justice League Dark 23, and then finally in Justice League 23. Written by Jeff Johns and Jeff Lemire. Primary artwork by Ivan Reyes, Doug Mankey, and Michael Janine, and an absolute army of inkers and color inkers and colorists like it's some of these issues had i think four inkers and three colorists on one issue it was kind of insane yeah but when you look at some of the two panel spreads that they've got, oh yeah no a lot of them yeah. looked fabulous yeah so this uh has been building up for a while now as we saw when justice league of america first launched the whole premise behind the team was amanda waller wanted her own justice league who could counterbalance the Justice League that she didn't have control over, you know, the primary Justice League. And uh, I read the first issue. I know you read the first issue. I must, did you even go beyond that? Until you made me? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw no need to. Yeah, apparently they've been dealing with this uh, assembly of supervillains, the Secret Society. I, I haven't read it either. This is me, like, reading about it. <laughs> learning you know what i might have read a couple i i I might be lying there i I might have read two and three as well i'm not sure about three but no it was it quickly went downhill no yes i did read three sorry uh it went i don't i don't want to say downhill it just it wasn't a premise that held me enough and the characters i didn't feel the characters were strong enough to maintain uh, uh you know keep it on the pull list essentially it just wasn't worth it 
Yeah, well, the entire concept just didn't work for me. Well, there's that too. Plus, and it's my hatred of this Waller. <laughs> this is not the Batman Beyond Waller that I loved. This is different, and I just, I, yeah, I don't like it. And this whole emo melodramatic thing between, uh, what's his name, Steve and, and Wonder Woman? Oh, come on. Seriously? <laughs> Get over it. You didn't have a shot now, buddy. <laughs> Listen, if you crash landed on an island full of beautiful women and came away empty handed, I think that would kind of ruin the rest of your life, too. That's not it. He's still pining <laughs> for her. What do you see in that Superman? Oh, come on. Buddy. So, yeah, they established this group, the Secret Society, uh, like a group of villains that had come together. And that pretty much was all that we got the lead up to Trinity War. Uh, there was also uh, a Pandora miniseries, yeah. as well as the Phantom Stranger uh, ongoing that tied into this, but I, you could not pay me to read those. <laughs> I mean, I you did. could, but you probably couldn't afford to. <laughs> you know what? I read some of that, albeit really not a lot, because I just, again, just was not digging it, not getting into it at all. I mean, I will say this, though. You know what? I've spent so much time saying they need to try different things. They need to put in new characters and whatnot. Now, granted, not all of these are, but some of it is. And it's like, okay, good. You tried it, but it didn't work for me. I'm I'm sure it worked for some people, just not for me. Keep trying. Keep putting in new people, and we'll see. Eventually, you'll hit on something. <laughs> Blind squirrels and nuts. Talon, come on. It can yeah. happen. All right. Also, we saw in the uh, the ongoing Justice League, they've been doing those Shazam backups for what hmm. feels like forever now. And like I said, I was really not enjoying those. I wasn't a big fan of what they were doing with the character or pretty much anything involving it. But that leads directly into Trinity War, where at the end of uh, Shazam's little storyline, he ended up killing Black Adam and felt that it was appropriate to take Black Adam back to his country, Kandak, and you know, spread his ashes across the desert. Well, Kandak's pretty much a no-fly zone. So as soon as he starts heading that way, the League picks up on it and goes, oh, we got to stop that kid. And so the whole Justice League goes after him. And now that Waller sees the whole Justice League is flying into this uh, war-torn country, she sends in the Justice League of America to, just to intercept them, and it just turns into this giant cluster of superheroes in the desert again felt like a forced premise it yeah and that's what put me off from this right from the get-go is that right from the get-go it really feels forced it wasn't i mean it just didn't make sense in some ways it, it was just stupid and they, they she tried to make it seem again it's all this political backstabbing and control issues and needing to to assert the power of the Justice League of America, even though everyone's saying they're not ready, which, come on, let's be honest here, <laughs> they weren't. So it just, again, the, the premise felt so forced. And I know the Justice League can teleport using, you know, cyborgs, uh, boom tube powers. How did the JLA get there just as fast in their plane? Very fast planes. Seriously. Waller's got her contacts with the military. <laughs> and uh, they, they show us that the newest member of the Justice League of America is none other than Dr. Light. And the new 52 version of Dr. Light is having some trouble controlling his powers. Things go completely amok and he gets disintegrated by Superman's heat vision. And, like, is that pretty much just the go-to thing for a, a big DC thing these days? Superman kills somebody and let's see where it goes from there. And, and with the heat vision too. 
I mean, that's what it was with uh, the bat or the the Justice League Beyond as well with uh, Aqua Girl. It's just Heat Vision, and uh, yeah, apparently that's a go to. Mm-hmm. So we the. That was basically the premise of the, the the whole first issue, which is getting everybody together for a big fight and killing off Dr. Light. Uh, behind the scenes, we saw Pandora uh, looking for a way to open the box that so she could put all the evil that she let out thousands of years ago back inside. Uh, she tries to get Superman to do it because she figures, you know, nobody's more pure of heart than Superman. And the box still corrupts him. And as well, you also have the Phantom Stranger and the question going around the background of, you know, their own interests in the plot and you have the outsider in the secret society so there's a lot of too strings much. tugging on this thing in a lot of different directions i'm gonna stick with too many mm-hmm. way too many little plot points that they're working on in this which did not make it seem complex but rather convoluted is what i felt because i right. mean you look at what you're playing with here in terms of your cast of characters you're playing with the full justice league you're playing full with the full justice league of america then you're inserting in the dark justice league and on top of that you need to work with this secret even evil society of villains which you don't really find out too much more until the end which was the only redeeming factor here at all but i mean you've got so many people to contend with and their relationships to each other which i mean took up a lot of what was going on here was their animosity or admiration for each other so when you got that much on the go and that many people you really want to trim the fat and that's not what i felt happened here at all Mm -hmm. Uh, so eventually superman turns himself in and everybody goes to argus uh justice league of america's headquarters and this is where things get a little i don't know if i want to use the word interesting (laughs) but there's several different theories on exactly why and how Superman killed Dr. Light. Uh, Batman is convinced that, you know, it was a malfunction of Dr. Light's powers since he can basically, you know, draw in light and, of course, you know, heat vision and Superman's solar-based powers. You know, some sort of malfunction with his powers basically ended up killing himself. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman is convinced that it had to do with the influence of Pandora's box and it was further influencing him and led him to that act. And this is where the comic really fractures into several different directions. You basically have Wonder Woman and Pandora trying to figure out the box side of the puzzle. Uh, You have Batman along with the Phantom Stranger investigating the Dr. Light side of things. And then you also have Superman and the Question showing up out of nowhere, taking off back for Kandak because – Somehow, with all of their incredible espionage, they completely missed a newspaper article (laughs) saying that a mind-controlling supervillain happened to be in the country at the same time. And nobody other than the question picked up on this. What I love is that the the comment that Cyborg missed it because, you know, he has – the the question has more analog – means of checking for information you're thinking buddy everything's online now that paper is online somewhere cyborg would have seen it (laughs) god uh and this is where stuff starts happening and you know like the the other tie-in stuff apparently the phantom stranger took batman to hell because of course that's where you would take batman Uh, (laughs) just thing 
everybody breaks apart, goes their own way, and each fail miserably. Uh, the d- interrogating Dr. Light's soul turns out to be a dead end. They barely escape with their lives. Dr. Psycho was a red herring the entire time. He was basically planted there to, I guess, distract the Justice League. They never really made, made a point of explaining exactly why Dr. Psycho was there in the first place. And then all the stuff with the Pandora's box just completely blows up because now pretty much everybody in the vicinity of the box has turned evil and wants to possess it for themselves. And see, that's where it kind of got on my nerves as well. It, it's, this was like DC's answer to AVX. It was like, what if all the superheroes want to fight each other and the teams and things like that? And it was like, you know what? I'm seeing how that's being done well in Injustice right now to stay on the DC side. Now, granted, you wouldn't necessarily be able to do something exactly like that because you need to follow canon. You just can't kill everybody off. But you could still do something very similar in terms of how you could do it. Again, the the mechanics of doing an event like that properly. And this just got on my nerves. It, I don't it, know about you. It was just like a series of plot points. Like nothing really connected together. It was just this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And then suddenly everybody's punching each other in the face. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Just I'm not like stay- AVX. Yeah, I'm not staying on this team anymore. I don't agree with you guys. No, I'm going over here. No, this is not right now. Come on, people. Seriously. No, I, it, it, was, it was seriously getting on my nerves for that. The, the, one of the things I did find at least uh, entertaining – was that as everybody's scrabbling and fighting and trying to get possession of the box, Constantine just sort of walks in and picks it up. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> and they stare him. at him. They're like, don't touch that. It's going to corrupt you. And he's like, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to get much worse. <laughs> that was, and I'm not even a huge fan of his, like, like you. And even that was like, okay, that's probably the coolest point in this entire comic was that <laughs> two panels there. So we finally get to the end. Uh, you know, Constantine goes to teleport away and the 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 box leads him back to the temple of Hephaestus in, in in Greece, which was where Pandora first found the box back, you know, again, thousands of years ago, back when the Greek gods were running the show. And as we found out, like it it was even older than the Greek gods. Like they didn't even know what to do with it. That's why they got Pandora to mess with it, because they were too afraid to touch it themselves. And this is where they start just kind of info dumping, where they go back to the uh, the relaunch with Justice League number one when Darkseid was attacking Earth and saying that the dimensional barriers were weak enough that two other travelers ended up in the DC universe, uh, one of which being the Outsider. And as we come to find – I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil this for you because honestly, if you want to read it, <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> And the other one being uh, the Atom, who has been the double agent between the Justice League and the Justice League of America, now turning triple agent and finding out she was a villain all along. And confessing that she's the one who killed Dr. Light by placing a microscopic fragment of kryptonite into Superman's ocular nerve. So at the same time, activating his heat vision and slowly killing him off by having the kryptonite embedded in his brain. But go back and look at the panels. Okay, fine. It set off his eye beam. But again, it's all about setup. He is just looking like he wants to murder him in those panels. So it doesn't explain. It's a cheat. It doesn't explain everything properly. And then we get to – I can't even come up with words, but grid. Apparently, Adam made a friend 
in a computer virus that had infected Cyborg and decided that it was going to take all of Cyborg's robotic parts, rip them out of his body, and form its own robot body. And they drew that scene in incredible detail. <laughs> now, it's the kind of thing that if it was in Invincible or, you know, in any other, you know, comic that's kind of of that theme, I would be like, oh, okay, that was... But in the middle of a Justice League comic, seeing a guy's body literally ripped to shreds was a little off-putting. That didn't bother me as much, actually. The premise behind it did, but the actual, you know, art for it was like, eh, whatever. At this point, I I was so not invested, it didn't matter. It was pretty much in line with a lot of the other crap we've seen from DC over the last couple years with their their, edginess. Severed limbs and everything, so really this was not a big deal for them. But again, where did this plot point come from? Yeah, It just appeared out of thin air. She's like, oh yeah, by the way, click. And like it just happened, like no lead up, no clues, no no cyborg having issues. You know, it, it they could have at least mentioned it at some point over the previous five and a half issues. Calling left field, left field. <laughs> answer please. <laughs> so now the outsider gets a hold of Pandora's box, and suddenly all is revealed. The whole premise of the Trinity War, and you know everybody was kind of wondering what the whole point of the trinity war was because when you're talking dc the trinity in this situation can mean many things you know the trinity of batman superman and wonder woman you know the trinity of the fact that there's three justice leagues the trinity of sin with pandora phantom stranger and the question and like oh no it doesn't mean any of any that. of it that just, <laughs> it just means the number three <laughs> that was so stupid <laughs> and that Pandora's box is actually a portal to Earth 3, the evil universe where all evil came from. And this is one of those, again, the writing didn't make sense because the outsider himself says that only somebody from Earth 3 can open Pandora's box. So how did Pandora open it? Yes, (laughs) I didn't even think of that, actually. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. She's actually from Earth 3. She's secretly evil. She's just been masking it very well. Yeah. And this box was left on Earth thousands of years ago just because. Like, just in case they, they, they knew thousands of years down the line they would need to escape to another dimension. But whatever. So basically, Earth 3 is dying. Uh, the outsider was... You know, one that managed to escape and pave the way for everybody else to come through because Earth 3 is the home of the crime syndicate, the evil Justice League, uh, Ultraman, Superwoman, Owlman, Johnny Quick, Power Ring, which is hilarious how stupid that name is, <laughs> <laughs> Deathstorm, uh, a dead Aquaman, and of course uh, the outsider is Alfred the Butler. That was the coolest part right there. <laughs> that this was all Alfred's doing. That was, <laughs> for me, that did it. <laughs> it was like, okay, all the rest of the crap redeemed just for that. <laughs> and I mean, the, the, the crime syndicate has shown up many times over the decades. And as a, as a concept, it leads to, you know, interesting stories. It's, you know, a great counter to the Justice League. But this whole huge buildup of all this crazy nonsensical events and all these plot threads that ultimately led to absolutely nothing red herrings all over the place leading to this it it was it should have been a much smaller story if they had done 
a, you know, the core of this story, you know, the stuff with Pandora's box, you know, the crime syndicate and just done it as like a normal Justice League story and have the big reveal at the end being the crime syndicate. I would have been okay with it. But for this big, huge event that made so little sense and then suddenly, you know, four pages before the end of it. Oh, here's what was really going on. It just didn't work. Oh, no, I didn't. I you know, honestly, I, I saw that this is what we were reading. I was like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> oh, you bastard. And I stick to that. There was a couple of moments that, that I enjoyed reading and I use enjoyed, you know, loosely, except for Alfred. That honestly, that was a, ah, I love that. Um, especially when Thomas tells him, well, it took you long enough. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it was like throughout there was, plot point after plot point that I just couldn't and I don't even try anymore to make sense of it or go like what were they trying no screw it no that's that just doesn't work like it just doesn't (laughs) so now this leads into the big September event because every September at DC now has to be some sort of event of villains month where for the next month all of the DC titles are going to be featuring villains as well as the start of their new miniseries forever evil now as a concept, I'm actually kind of okay with that. It just – everything leading up to it kind of ruins what I'm – you know, what little goodwill they would have had going for them. Meh. I, at this point, I'm, I'm willing to, to give them the benefit of the doubt and check it out. But again, it's – I don't know if it's just that I went in with expectations so bloody low and that's why <laughs> because really – Here's the was, thing. My expectations were really low. And, and I was still, still disappointed. <laughs> oh, I was still disappointed. Trust me. But it was just, I, I don't know, finding it very hard to get emotionally invested with this. And again, it's especially because I have been reading the crap out of Injustice. I actually got completely caught up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm reading that and it's like, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. And it, and it is actually really well written. And then I'm reading this. And it's like, oh, man, seriously, people, come on. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I don't know. It's it's going to be a long month. I have a feeling <laughs> mm-hmm. because like I said there 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 are some of those villain issues that I am interested in because you know it's a character we either haven't seen in the new fifty two or rarely saw or I, I I'm I would like to know more about some of these you know one off villains that have shown up here and there, but I, I this I don't know anymore. <laughs> grid, that's who you want to read. My God. Make a series for grid. Make it happen. I mean, this is Jeff Johns, too. <laughs> Supposedly, you know, DC's, you know, head writer and just, I don't know, it, I'm done. I'm done. It just, it, it was bad. So. Yeah. All right. On to good comics because I need to talk about good comics now. So for what we're reading, the first good comic I'm talking about is Thor. <laughs> Thor, God of Thunder. Uh, a few weeks ago, Jason Aaron just wrapped up his first storyline, uh, God Bomb ran for 11 issues, and it was just fantastic. Yeah. Having multiple Thors from multiple uh, points in time all fighting together and you know, the banter between them, it was really good stuff. But then this issue was just kind of that typical, okay, something big and crazy just happened, let's take a breath issue, where it's just a couple of short uh, little vignettes uh, you know, showing Thor back on earth and just interacting with normal people, interacting with Jane Foster and, you know, finding, you know, some new people to meet up with it. I just, 
really enjoyed it to the point where actually uh, Scott Snyder on Twitter <laughs> said to Jason Aaron a message saying, stop it. You're making the rest of us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We also have uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, the finale of the uh, Hellfire Club saga, Hellfire Hellfire University, I think that's what it was called. Hellfire Academy. Hellfire that's the Saga. One. I, I got it eventually. No, you didn't. It's Hellfire Saga. Shut up. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> the so I'm assuming Hellfire you, you, Saga. You read the latest Not issue. yet. No, I haven't actually. Can you just skip to the last page? No. Do it. I'm not. Do it. I'll mute your ass. <laughs> it made me very happy. All right, that's all that's I'll say fine. then. Okay. And then finally, uh, Batman and Nightwing, which, uh, again, with the uh, Batman and Robin series, with Robin being dead, they've just been shuffling in various co-stars and uh, changing the title around. And it's been mixed results, kind of okay some points, really kind of bad at others. I actually enjoyed this one. Um, Basically, Bruce is reliving Damien's death through like a virtual reality computer program. And trying to see if there was anything he could do to prevent it. And, you know, he's failing at any point, at, at various points. So uh, this is where Nightwing shows up. And the two of them together actually were able to save Damien. And it was kind of pointing out that, you know, Bruce wasn't the only one that failed him. You know, Dick could have done more himself and, and all these things. But you also have this great bit with Alfred where, you know, after Dick and Bruce leave, Alfred goes into the machine where he actually helped Damien to go into the battle that would uh, ultimately uh, kill him. You know, Batman wanted him to stay home. Damien was like, you know, I'm going to go one way or the other. (laughs) So Alfred, you know, gave him some, you know, new armaments. And it was just a really good story issue with Alfred. And, you know, he was like crying afterwards. He's like, you know, I was the one that really could have stopped it if I had just made him stay home and all this and that. It It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Cool. All right, that's what all I've got. Yeah, you know, well, I actually there's nothing really for me to talk about because I, like I said, I've been reading the uh, the injustice. I'd fallen behind some, so I got caught up to all of them, and it's like you read one and you have to read the other one. You you have to know what the hell is going on the next one, and and I love how the further in it's going, the more you're seeing. And not just you, but the characters inside as well, seeing just how far gone <laughs> Clark is. Mm-hmm. Like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. I love when uh, Bruce opens the big door in the Fortress of Solitude and that look on his face when he realizes that Superman locked up his own parents. And it's like... We have to leave now. <laughs> no waiting around now. Um, I love the stuff between Superman and Captain Adam. Yes, yes, that that was phenomenal. You know what? It's funny because the the um, I was I was thinking about it again as as I was getting ready for this, and I'm thinking, you know, like what is the allure of this? Like, because it's definitely not the name for the game, because I think that's actually probably putting people off of it, which is a sad thing. And I'd, I'd say it gave it a, a boost early on, but that ship has sailed at this yeah. point. And uh, as much as I like some of the art, I think that they, it should have had a stronger artist crew behind it. Not that this one is bad, but 
I think that a really, really outstanding artist could have really made this even more than what it is. But I think what it is is that, again, the because this is not the regular canon, there's a permanence to what is happening here. So when you are... Seriously, dog? Okay, give me a second. <laughs> Get down. I feel like Scotty in the new... Star Trek <laughs> with his little alien buddy. Will you get down from there? <laughs> okay, cut it out. And um, and so it's it's the permanence of what's happening. So in any issue, your favorite hero could bite it. And they're not coming back from that. Like Joker ain't coming back from a hole in his stomach where his heart used to be. Or, or, uh, or, or Nightwing who has the broken neck, which was like, oh my God, that was unbelievable. And, uh, and so... Whenever someone's in trouble <laughs> and you get that, oh, this ain't looking good for them, like Green Arrow in these last ones, like, ain't looking good for you. You are pretty well certain that's it. He's going to bite it. And that keeps you reading because, again, you care about these characters and there's that permanence to it. So you, it's like, holy crap, this isn't like when they hint at something bad might happen. Something bad probably will happen here. And the writing is solid. You're really getting like, we all know the extents that Bruce will go to kind of thing for, for, for when things go bad kind of thing. But here, like you're seeing him working with the president to divert attention away from the fortress by sending troops into North Korea. And it's like, yes, that's how much influence and power he has. And so like everything that's going on, it's, I, I've been so loving it. Absolutely loving it. And there's a reason for everything. Like the last issue, two characters died. Yeah. But it, they, it wasn't just, you know, cannon fodder. It, there, there was a purpose to it. It made sense for the story, for the characters involved. You know, like I said, comparing it to Trinity War where stuff just happened for the sake of happening. But no, it, it, like we're seeing an injustice. You know, it everything makes sense within the realm of the story they're telling. Exactly for that story, it makes sense that right here this character is going to die, and he does. And it's like, bravo, Franken. This is what DC needs to do more of because, quite frankly, the stuff with their regular canon, a lot of people aren't really digging. Anyways, you've already established the groundwork for the various Earths that have the different alternate realities and different things like that use it you know what once this is done don't just flood the market with it but once this one's done because there's got to be an obvious end to this at some point at the rate they're going especially well, eventually it's going to catch up to the actual video game story yeah so then start a new one give it to a competent writer and don't freaking mess your nose in too much in terms of editorial um, like holding everybody back. Let the writer have fun with it and run with it. And you might just, you know, come away with something like this. Mm -hmm. I, I To bring it back around, because we've said it so many times, to Flashpoint. Both of us loved Flashpoint up until the very up until end. The end. But the whole concept of everything they were doing, a lot of comic fans hated it. They thought it was stupid. But for readers like us who don't have this, you know, severe attachment to the characters... We loved seeing them in new situations doing different things. And even look at uh, the Earth 2 comic. I, it, I still think it's one of the better ones DC's putting out right now because they're familiar characters, but 
right now James Robinson isn't adhering to any particular previous interpretation of those characters. They're they're just familiar names and familiar power sets. So that's why it's actually really cool that Tom Taylor, the writer for Injustice, is actually taking over Earth 2 very soon. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Okay, that is pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, that's it for me. I've been catching up on that. I've got a couple others that I read, but nothing that can – it can wait till later on. Okay. Because this week is a huge week for new releases. I mean, from Marvel alone, we have all new X-Men number 16, Infinity number 2, Iron Man number 15, Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 3, Superior Spider-Man number 17, the 2099 issue, Venom number 40, the final issue of X-Factor with 262, X-Men Battle of the Atom number 1, and X-Men Legacy number 16. Holy crap. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. All right. From DC, uh, of course, like I said, we have all the Villains Month stuff, and I honestly don't know if any of these are going to be any good or not because they're all with completely different creative teams. So Scott Snyder ain't writing the Batman issue that's coming out today. So I'm just going to list them all because, like I said, I don't know. Uh, we have Action Comics, which is a um, – I'm going to avoid the numbers. They're all point ones, and I, I'm going to kill myself if I have to say that this many times. <laughs> Action Comics is a cyborg Superman story. We have Batman with a Joker story. Batman and Robin is Two-Face – Batman the Dark Knight featuring the Ventriloquist and Detective Comics featuring Poison Ivy. We have Earth 2 featuring Desaad, Flash featuring Grodd, Green Arrow with uh, Count Vertigo, Green Lantern with the villain Relic, Justice League featuring Darkseid, Justice League Dark featuring the Creeper, Justice League of America featuring Deadshot, and Superman featuring Bizarro. You know what? You missed a perfect opportunity to a little dig at Joe there just by listing all of the numbers. I'd it would have not. been like passive aggressive dig, but it, I would have got it. It would have been hysterical. I don't think I could have physically done it <laughs> because those the majority of those are all issue number 23.1. I know. It would have been perfect. <laughs> I would have done also, it. <laughs> we also have the uh, Forever Evil number one coming up from DC this week. From everybody else, we have a very interesting list. Uh, from Avatar Comics, we have God is Dead number one, a new Hickman comic. Which, okay, that's all you need to tell me. I'll read it, yeah. (laughs) As well as Uber number five. Boom Studios brings us Suicide Risk number five. From Dark Horse, we have The Star Wars number one. What the hell is that? It's an adaptation of George Lucas's original script for the Star Wars featuring Luke Starkiller and insanity. Let's just go with that. Hmm. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And Image brings us Chew number 36, Invincible number 105, and Invincible Universe number 6. I I don't think I'm going to read anything from DC this week. There's too much other good stuff out yeah, no there. Kidding. <laughs> I'll, I'll maybe look at Forever Evil just to see. But that's going to wrap us up here for Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. So until next week, thanks for listening.